This is the Love That Album Compilation Edition, covering soundtracks, tribute albums, best ofs, box sets, and more. Greetings, greetings. I come bearing news. The passing of the evil one, Rocky Erickson, on May the 31st, 2019. While these compilation editions are in danger of becoming a ongoing uh, obituary for musicians, for punk rockers. But uh, Rocky deserves it. He's one of the greats. Uh, he is one of the musicians that I chopped a little bit of one of his songs up to throw in the intro. So maybe we should spend a few minutes talking about one of the great originators of psychedelic rock, of horror punk, of weird rock. Somebody who's a bridge between the 1950s Southwest sound of Buddy Holly and, say, Marilyn Manson or whatever it is the kids are trying to listen to these days that shocks the hell out of the parents. I don't know. Justin Bieber. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a Halloween song yet. I'm not going to go looking. At any rate, Rocky Erickson, originally of the band The Spades, then at the 13th Floor Elevators, who we are listening to right now. This song sounds familiar and you can't quite place it. It's that song at the very beginning of High Fidelity. It is You're Gonna Miss Me, which I thought was appropriate. After his term in the 13th floor elevators, he spent some time incarcerated in mental institutions where he was exposed to electroshock therapy and a manner of not really great 70s psychotropic drugs. I mean, he probably would have been better off staying on the psychedelics, and what he gave us was psychotronic, and I'll stop with the psychoalliteration now. Uh, in the 70s, he started doing various projects, uh, Rocky Erickson and the Evil One, Rocky Erickson and the Aliens, and this is really where he brought the B-movie horror-themed weirdo ideas into his music. This is where you get things like Night of the Vampire, I Walked with a Zombie, followed by even stranger things like The Wind and More, Bloody Hammer, and two-headed dog of the red temple prayer but let's listen to a little bit of one of his great kind of 50s poppy songs you could almost hear buddy holly playing this this is starry eyes
there have been a lot of tributes and a lot of accolades heaped on Rocky in wake of his passing. You can go online and find just about every major music publication has something to say about it. One thing I think that gets overlooked, of course, is his involvement and his contribution to horror music and horror punk, which is as a genre something that people think of as ridiculous, but I have a personal interest and passion in it for it, and I think it's worth talking just a little bit about what is special about horror punk. And these are some things I know I've talked about in the past, so I apologize if I'm reiterating some things. First of all, it can just be fun. It's low pressure, it's silly sometimes. The use of humor and cartoony imagery to deal with horrific events is one way that we as humans process grief and terror. And horror punk can be part of that. Another way that's important is oftentimes it's been used as a metaphor for trauma or mental illness or otherness or any of those other concerns that we as a society have. And especially for individuals who are marginalized for whatever reason, they can find a place where other marginalized people are talking about that experience using the text of horror, of suspense, of the supernatural of fear. As a style of music, it can be cathartic. Additionally, horror punk comes from the horror, which typically has been a genre of film that young filmmakers have used to break into the industry, because generally speaking, a horror film is going to sell, and people are going to see it, because it's a horror film. It's a DIY entrance into a stratified industry that oftentimes doesn't have any other doors, especially for people that are coming from that marginalized background I spoke of. My first exposure to Rocky's music was via the film Return of the Living Dead and its soundtrack. There's the scene of James Karen, who is slowly zombifying, I guess that's the term for it, slides himself into the crematorium and the song comes up and no it's not shadow drive by the jet black berries which was written for that scene but rather burn the flames by rocky erickson so this one's for you rocky burn the flames rest in peace wherever you are let me go ahead and listen to a little bit of that and when i come back we're going to talk about something that's not completely different but something that's maybe a little more upbeat. Though they have no farm, there's no need for an arm. So burn. So burn. Burn the flames. Higher.
Ladies and gentlemen, The Bengals. That's the name of that album that this song comes off of. This is The Real World, which is one of their early efforts. This is obviously their early days as a garage rock band, part of the Paisley Underground that grew out of the L.A. punk scene. Most people think of Walk Like an Egyptian or Manic Monday, which are fine pop songs, but The Bengals really started off as a psychedelic garage pop. They originally called The Bangs, and they were known for doing covers of 60s garage rock songs. And this compilation happens to have a few of those. Check it out. includes their first single and then the five song EP recorded between 81 and uh, 84 but there is about this was prior to their being signed to a major label now I know I've talked about Susanna Hoffs before in relation to Matthew Sweet and the music that she recorded with him however the real reason that I'm bringing up the Bengals at this point in time is a new album that came out it's called 3x4, The Bengals, The 3 O'Clock, The Dream Syndicate, and The Rain Parade. It's on Yep Rock Records, and this is four bands from the Paisley Underground era covering each other's songs. So if 80s psychedelic sunshine pop, or I should say retro psychedelic garage pop is your thing, this should be right up your alley.
Now I have to admit, this all hits me in the exact sweet spot of not only nostalgia, but covers and 80s underground sounds. All of those things that I actually discovered in the 90s that I quite like and enjoyed. These bands, a lot of them are what we would call college rock back in the day. They didn't have a huge commercial presence. They might have shown up on a soundtrack to a film. You might have heard them on a local left-of-the-dial radio station. But aside from the underground fan base, they never really exploded onto the scene. Or I should say the mainstream in a major way. And this is something that the I've been seeing a lot on Twitter where people are talking about how short of a time period certain scenes had and they're only really counting the mainstream appeal of these scenes. So what was there? Maybe five, six years that the Bengals were popular? But they had a history going back a lot farther and then past their era of popularity. And I think that's true with a lot of these these bands. I think that there is definitely a cult fan base for a number of these groups and a number of these scenes. And as for me, I find myself restless. I find myself wanting different sounds and different things at different times. We get to a point in the year where I might want to listen to a lot of heavy metal or rockabilly, and then some other times of the year when I want to listen to country, and then times of the year when I want to listen to psych pop covers of bands from the 80s paying tribute to each other. I think it's great that these bands have come back together to do this and I kind of wish a few other bands would do something similar can you imagine a hair metal version of this or a outlaw country version unfortunately most of those outlaw country guys are gone but too bad that we can't have a Seattle version of this I would for one would love to hear maybe Screaming Trees covering Pearl Jam or vice versa but that's just me and I like this album. I think it's worth people's time to take a listen and track it down. To that end, let's sample a few more of the tracks on it and wrap this up. I will catch you guys all next month. Thank you. Yeah, you say it's a waste. Oh, but you learn from mistakes. Yeah.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 